0: Good evening and welcome to spooky south coast tim weisberg with you along with the silent assassin matt costa and science advisor matt moniz stephanie burke still out still out uh being a mom so i think we got about 18 years before she'll be, <laughs> she'll be back in a few weeks uh, she's just taking some time to recover and spending time with the new arrival and uh we're carrying on without. I don't know if uh, if you caught last week's show, Monies, but uh, wasn't wasn't one of our shining moments. No,
1: I was having a hard enough time on my
0: own. Things were falling apart earlier in the day, and we just came in and persevered through it. And we got some great calls from people, but we only got two calls. So it'll be a long time before we start to do a, before we do a show again where we try and take just calls because we are on at the toughest time slot to try and take live calls. Really, ten to midnight on Saturday nights. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little tough. Our audience is podcast, of course. We get uh, tens of thousands of downloads every week from, from the podcast, so... Thank you all for that. But, you know, once in a while, you could call in live. But maybe some of the Fadernauts are listening tonight, and they'll they'll tune in tonight, because we have Fade to Black host Jimmy Church joining us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, he is, of course, the host of Fade to Black Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and he recently uh, was the guest host of Coast to Coast AM. We'll talk to him a little bit about that as well. But tonight, we are talking about the John F. Kennedy assassination. It was 51 years ago today. And over the years, we've always done a, a JFK related show hmm. around this time, whether it be about the different assassination theories, the conspiracy theories around it, whether it be about some of the people that were close to Kennedy, close to the assassination events. You know, we've talked to uh, a variety of different guests over the years covering it from all different angles. And we've gotten to the point where each time that we cover one of these angles it seems like there's there's less and less information coming out we thought you know 20 plus years ago when jfk the movie came out we were like well by 2000 and you know 13 by the time it's the 50th anniversary we'll have all the answers and we haven't really gotten any more answers we've gotten just more and more conspiracy theories over the years so we'll talk about a lot of those we'll also take your calls as well coming up in the next hour at 508-996-0500 But before we bring Jimmy on, I just want to let everybody know we had been teasing for the last few weeks that there was a Legend Trips announcement coming soon and that everybody had to get on the mailing list because this was going to be one that would sell out quickly. Well, we announced Dead of Winter 2015 at Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. It's happening on February 28th. It's a Saturday night, of course. That's when all of our Legend Trips are. And it is already... We put it on sale as the pre-sale, which is available to anybody who's ever gone to one of our events or anybody that signed up for the mailing list at legendtrips.com. You get first crack. Usually we do about a two-day window where you get first crack at those tickets. And we are, well, after the pre-sale alone, we only had eight tickets left. And then now with uh, the pre-sale going on for a couple of days, we're down to just two remaining tickets. So if you would like to go, if you'd like to purchase them as a Christmas gift for somebody, all you have to do is go to legendtrips.com, click right on the Lizzie Board link right on the front, and it will take you to the page. Now, we do have a few rooms available, but the rooms go through a process where you, by order of how you purchase your tickets, that's how you get the opportunity to rent a room for the night. Now, normally if you go to the Lizzie and Bed and Breakfast, trying to get a room there, it's like $350 a night. But we have gotten some special deals, because partially because you're not going to get your room to yourself till 2 a.m. because the event's going on. And partially because we want to make sure that we give people a deal for coming out and being part of the event, so the single—well, not single occupancy rooms, but you know, the, the one room single rooms are a uh, hundred dollars each. And then the suites, there's two suites that each have two rooms; those are one seventy-five. So people are all over this deal. So we have to go in the order that you purchase your ticket in order to be fair. So the first person to buy a ticket got first crack at a room and so on, and we are down to having two rooms left. However, we're about midway through that list of people that have already bought tickets. So it may be that if you buy the tickets, if you buy the two, even though it says on the website that there's still two rooms available, it doesn't mean that they'll be available when you purchase the tickets uh, by the time we get to your place in order. So just be aware of that. But we are working on getting a deal at a local hotel, which some people don't even want to stay in the house. They'd rather have a hotel room to go home to. Some people are afraid to stay in the house. Can't say I blame you. (laughs) <laughs> oh. Some people would prefer to have their own bathroom and, <laughs> and not have to share with the, the other people uh, staying there. So we'll make sure that we get a, a local deal. There's a couple of hotels that are always willing to work with us. So we'll, we'll find a way to get you a discount because even though it's you know February – the rooms are still pretty pricey around here, so we'll see if we can cut that down a little bit for you. Uh, but again, LegendTrips.com is the website to go to if you would like to take part in this event. Again, there's only two tickets left, but we will be announcing more Legend Trips events coming up uh, in 2015. So if you would like to get first crack at those, then you have to go to LegendTrips.com and sign up for the mailing list today. Because it's a huge mailing list. How How huge? I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but it's uh, it's in the thousands. So if you want to have first crack, you want to make sure that you get on there and act on it quickly when tickets go on sale. Because we cannot – there's no way we could ever have all those thousands of people at one event. Yeah. So I have enough trouble getting around at Lizzie Borden's with 25. <laughs> So uh, again, legendtrips.com is a site for that. I also want to thank everybody who tuned into the season finale of Ghost Stalkers. Uh, it was a, a very a fantastic episode, really, at the Ferrar School. And everybody that's been asking about season two, we don't know yet. That's the the official word. Is that nothing's official? We haven't heard anything. So you can keep emailing Destination America, keep tweeting them at Dest America, D-E-S-T America. Keep uh, hitting up their Facebook page and letting them know that you want to see more ghost stalkers and that's probably the best way that you can do so is through their social media or you can try contacting them directly as well if you go to destinationamerica.com they have all their contact info on there we appreciate the support we love the stalker society thank you so much for sticking by us through these six episodes and hopefully we get to bring you some more all right well we are going to have joining us now uh jimmy church he is the host of fade to black radio on the dark matter radio network and of course if you're unfamiliar with the Dark Matter Radio Network. We'll let Jimmy explain to you about How you Dark Matter. How are you, Jimmy? Can you hear us? Okay. Hold on there. Oh, oh there we go. Now, can you hear me? Yep. All right, there we go. We, it's a little bit tricky here to use. See, we're not we're not as up to date as your studio. We're we're still operating with some 1980s equipment here at WBSM. So,
2: <laughs> please.
0: <laughs> well, you you get to use Skype all the time. When, when we use it, it's like a special treat. So uh, we're bound to have some problems.
2: It's so, the same way, same way over a coast to coast too, and no Skype over there.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's what's always amazed me about that is uh, when I was a, a guest uh, about a year ago, uh, I told them that I use Skype, and they're like, "Oh no, then never mind, we can't have you."
2: Yeah, exactly. But my exactly.
0: my Skype is better than your broadcast equipment <laughs> that you guys have. It's better than your ISDN hookup, and, uh, uh, and and it worked out well. I mean, even George said on the air he couldn't believe how clear the reception was
2: yeah exactly and it's it's there they just don't use it
0: yeah they they get a lot. so did you when you were filling in there did you go into their studios or did you operate yeah, from your no, own yeah
2: yeah i've been there uh been there many times and uh so it's not too far for you no a few minutes down the road nice nice well yeah uh, yeah what, we were are r- we are we live on the air we are, are live we
0: oh we're live live we're completely live and uh, and so uh and we're not internet based <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta
2: follow the rules. No. See, I almost started goofing off. So, hello, everybody. Hi, Tim. How you doing?
0: Uh, we're doing well, and you're also on with Matt and Matt, my two co-hosts. We keep it easy. It's like Larry and his two brothers, Daryl, Daryl, and Daryl, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> Matt mm-hmm. and Matt. How are you guys? Yeah, hey, it's
0: going. It's going.
2: Hey, hey, real quick. I want you guys to be honest, Matt and Matt. Look at Tim and tell me his shirt is ironed. That's all I want to know. Is his shirt ironed? It's, it's a harvest of cash. Can- <laughs> really? Oh
0: wow! We got even we even got the uh, the, the local yeah the local promo for that. I, you know that's I get I get accused of that all the time of being you know not exactly a hundred percent in my appearance. That's why I'm a writer and I and I work in radio, so I don't have to look yep. that
2: good. Tim, I'll never let it go, brother. I'll never <laughs> let it go.
0: That's a, I have an iron. I just don't know how to use it.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, real quick, uh, we were just talking. I didn't know that we were on the air. When you were asking me about Coast to Coast, the answer is yes. Uh, I, w- um, uh, I am in the new studio. Right there, where George stands. And yes, right there, uh, on George's mic.
0: (laughs) So now, was that, I mean, I'm sure that you were, uh, you know, you knew that you had all your fader knots listening. You knew that you had the coast to coast audience listening. You knew that it, it, you know, it was, it was going to be a fantastic show. But thinking back to, you know, being part of Dark Matter Radio Network and and being part of what essentially will be the Art Bell, uh, network online somewhere down the line, I mean, you're standing, in the steps where these giants have stood how did that feel for you
2: you know it's it's kind of i can't really explain what it is like i get asked this all the time i i am the guy sitting in for art bell and now also george nori at the same time how is that possible that's what i'm
0: thinking yeah there's there's a dichotomy there in your mind i'm sure
2: (laughs) it's there we all know but um, it's it's an honor, you know. It's a privilege, and for for you know Art, uh, who I've spoken to about this a lot, and for George, who I've spoken to about this a lot, they're both, you know, uh, it's 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 a crazy position to be in. I, I I don't know how it happened. It did, but they're both fans, and great. That's all I can say. Is it's just a weird position. I mean. It's like pinch me, you know. Wake me up, um, you know. Think about that for a second. That anybody would kill, you know, any broadcaster to be in this position. And I here I am here, but I don't feel any different. It's just I do one show on one network, I do one on the other one. Well, I coast to coast on uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's just the same guy that's on both shows. Am I making sense? No, just just...
0: definitely. But that's one of the things that we've always, you know, preached here on Spooky South Coast is that it's not about the now. It's about recognizing those that have come before you, whether it be as talk radio hosts, whether it be as paranormal researchers, whether it be as people who, you know, just study the strange and unusual or, or whether it be tonight's topic of, you know, conspiracy theories. You have to stand on the shoulders of those who came before you and try and advance the cause.
2: Well, you know, actually, Tim, and I know we were going to talk about JFK, but this is the first time I've spoken publicly about this, and I'm I'm cool with that. Um, and we'll get to JFK in a second. Let, let me just say this: when I uh, opened up on coast to coast that that night, I did just that, and I recognize what you're saying. And Matt and Matt, I, I you know, I, uh, please understand. When uh, I went on the air, I simply said, we've all enjoyed AM radio overnight, and we've all had a guy that we listened to and took us on a journey, and that's all that I want to do here. And and I was giving the nod to Art without coming on, you know, coast-to-coast. And dropping our bell's name—that just right, wouldn't be right. You, you, know, you didn't—you
0: cool. didn't want him to pull the plug on you the first five minutes.
2: Well, it's, it's not so much that as uh, you know, it's it's coast to coast. I'm I'm I, I'm hosting coast to coast. That's their show, right? So uh, you know, I'm not there to do fade to black on coast to coast. You know, so I was just there to do the best coast to coast show that I could do, and for them. And that that's it. You know, on my show, uh, on Fade to Black, where I'm sitting in for art, that's a different story. I can i can do and say what I want, but I also know my boundaries there, too, as well. And I've let this this subject, I have not, and as you know, I've never spoken publicly about it. I've never said anything in social media, mm-hmm. on my websites or anything, because it's just best just to let it go. Let's have fun. And let's just enjoy ourselves, and that's and that's and that's it. That's my that's my motto. Let's just have fun,
0: right? And that's exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You know, somebody called my morning show uh, today when I said that we were going to have you on, and they started asking all kinds of questions about you know where arts been, how he's doing, all these kind of questions. And I said, listen, everything's fine. It's just it's the business side of things, and the business side of things causes more problems sometimes than it does help. And once all that stuff is uh, has gone away, the Dark Matter Radio Network, which Spooky South Coast is proud to be a part of you know it's going to be the most phenomenal radio network that people are going to be listening to online for people that are interested in these topics
2: yeah we've grown that network from day one and we've watched it grow phenomenal growth and it's it's been a great great run and we work really really hard at it and we've got a lot of really good talent on on dark matter and i'm really really proud of that i really am and and I, I, again, my position is let's the the, the people in the know, uh, and I'm just, you know there's a handful of names here um, with the situation that is between coast to coast and, and dark matter. Those people that know, there's like four, right? And all four of them haven't said anything publicly. Art did his little thing, but but you know he came back and said let's just support Jimmy. But my point being uh The rest of the public is going to draw their own conclusions. That's why we didn't say anything, because there's nothing that we could have said that would have changed any listeners' minds. You know, those minds are made up. So it's just best. Let's just lay it out there and let's continue uh, to do the best that we can, whether it's coast to coast, dark matter, spooky south coast. It, 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 it doesn't matter. Let's just do the best that we can do, because we're all doing the same show you know we're all spreading the same message and and that's what's most important and 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 with us with you and and Matt and Matt and what you guys do um every single day and and what you do on dark matter it's uh it's a it's a tough game we we we're, we're rolling that rock you know uphill every single day and it doesn't matter what network you get it from we're fighting the man absolutely, <laughs> you know? absolutely. so let's just fight it all together and let's figure it out. And let's lay the information out there and, and let everybody make up their own minds.
0: But what, what's great about Fade to Black and the other programs that are on Dark Matter Radio Network is that you're allowed to advance the topic and, and advance the discussion probably more so than you could on a conventional terrestrial radio stage. I mean, it's, if you're in the position, see, we're lucky here. And, and I, I'm not giving away too much to say we're lucky at WBSM because at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, none of the bosses are around. Nobody, right. Nobody's popping in. Nobody's listening in. They're all enjoying their Saturday nights. This is the time that they get away from everything going on at the station. So they really right. don't know what's going on with us unless somebody calls and complains. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so right. we get pretty That's lucky in that we can uh, explore the topics that we want to. But in some cases, you wouldn't get to talk about some of the things that you talk about on Fade to Black on a conventional station because they might tell you, hey, some of that stuff is just a little bit too out there for us
2: yeah you've got to know your boundaries. Um, you know what I try to do on fade to black is I just try to keep the politics out of it, and that's too easy to just go 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 in the wrong direction really quick. Mm-hmm. I try to keep the politics out of it and I try, try to keep the religion out of it. but everything else uh, religion in its in its broad spectrum I mean, when we're talking about Giza and the Pharaohs and Jesus. Well, then it's on the table. We're talking about UFOs in the Bible. Well, then religion's on the table. Sure. But other than that, my religious beliefs are out, uh, off the table. But all the other subjects, uh, all the other theories are the ones that we're questioning. And so all of those views are always on the table. And, and it, whether I agree or disagree with a guest, it doesn't matter. It's up to the audience. It's not me that the audience is listening to. The audience is there to get information and, and to listen to the guests. It's my job to, to have fun and kind of steer the boat, you know, grab the rudder and try to keep things going in the right direction.
0: And and thank you for that because there's few and far between people that agree with us on that these days. A lot of people look at, you know, having the opportunity to host a show as being a platform for themselves and their own views. And and sure, there are a lot of shows out there that are like that. But I that's not the type of show that I like to listen to, and that's not the type of show I'd like to host. So, thank you for having that outlook. However, tonight I do want your opinions and I do want your insights and theories, uh, especially when it comes to the JFK assassination, because I know that like me, you're somebody who has you know uh, poured over the information. On this, over the years, and 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 something just doesn't sit right with the idea that one person committed this entire uh, this, this basically something that changed the shape of American history and American culture, American life in one split second. Somebody could not have orchestrated this entire thing by themselves. No.
2: Now, do you want me to go deep? Oh, <laughs> we can answer. go. We can the, go as the, deep the, as the you qu- want to go. <laughs> the question is answered with a resounding no. Now what what is well, there's so many fascinating things about this, but one of the the amazing things is if, if, if it was what the Warren Commission said, if it was a lone gunman acting on his own, if that's what it is, then we would have open records. And everything is sealed, as we know, for 75 years until the year twenty thirty-nine. 2039, excuse me, 2039, so that everybody that was involved or possibly would even care is, is dead and gone by 50 years. Mm-hmm. And that there's a problem with that. If there is nothing to hide, then let's let it all out in the open. But obviously, there is, uh, you know, the FBI, the CIA... Uh, probably Hoover, probably Johnson, uh, uh, maybe even the Bushes. You know, there's quite a few uh, uh, big-name political people that are involved with this, as well as some three-letter government agencies, and, and and the Soviet Union, too, as well, and possibly the mafia. You know, it goes on and on and on and on. We, we don't know, but just like with ufology, all theories are on the table and everything needs to be looked at because everything that has been put out there as a theory seems to ring true. And that's disturbing for all of us. If you, if you poll the the country right now, well, you know what? There's the three of you sitting there. Okay. Matt, it's Matt, Matt and Tim. Correct. Mm Yeah. Okay. Okay. The three of you, I would say that you're a cross section of America. If I'm going to ask you right now, do you think there was a conspiracy behind the JFK assassination? Matt, number one, what's your answer? I would say uh, definitely yes. Matt, number two. Most definitely. Tim, number one. And, and I agree
0: completely. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a, almost a verifiable fact that there was a conspiracy. We just don't know what the conspiracy was. Yeah.
2: That's right. And if you, if you polled America, I think that you would probably hit somewhere around 90%. As well, and and I don't think anybody accepts the lone gunman theory, which means we were lied to and are continuing to be lied to, and that's what's disturbing about the case. Whether whether or not Oswald was the only gunman, if there was more than one gunman, that doesn't. But it's it's about did the government know. And and that's where conspiracy is. Conspiracy is more than one person. So if they knew in advance what was going down and if they knew more about everything after that, then we were completely lied to. And that's what's most important about the JFK assassination.
0: One of the theories that I had for the longest time is that, you know, it, I bought into the mafia theory for a long time because of the fact that they, the Kennedy brothers together were going so hard after the mafia. I said, well, it just it fits too perfectly. But then you start researching the CIA and everything that was going on in Cuba, and then that fits too perfectly. And it seems like everything got to the point where it seemed like that made the most sense. And, and now I look at it as uh, people say to me, well, which, which conspiracy theory do you think is likely the truth? And I said, well, maybe all of them. The perfect story. Yeah, maybe this is like one of those, uh, not to belittle the assassination of a, of a great man, but maybe this is like one of those crime caper movies where there's like four or five different groups of criminals all trying to pull off the same heist, and then at the end they all meet up and they're staring at each other with you know the, everything going down around them. Maybe it was one of those types of situations, uh, and, and one caught wind of what another one was trying to do, and everybody was trying to be the first to it.
2: I think it could be even uh, one layer deeper than that, although all of that is on the table. And uh, from what I'm about to say, that it could also be involved. But don't forget his famous speech when he went out and said, you know, secret societies, secret handshakes. You know there are secrets, uh, secret uh, organizations that that you don't need to agree to. And you need to know about. And when he, I'm paraphrasing here, but when he made those statements uh, of, about you know puppet governments and secret governments and secret societies and secret handshakes and secret deals, that right there, that's a guy. That's a, that's a guy that, if all of that is true, you don't need him, president of the United States and could all of that come into play and also you have the issues with uh the space program and what was going on there too as well and uh uh with with not only the Soviet Union and the race to space but uh, what was going on behind the scenes at NASA and and all of that comes into play so and ufology comes into play he wanted disclosure and he spoke about that, and he was possibly minutes away from doing that. There's so many different angles here that uh, Matt just said the perfect storm. It all merged, and, and I'm sure that there was a table full of people going, you know what, uh, we can't have this continue for all of these different reasons. A.B., you know, you have Cuba. You have the Bay of Pigs. You have mafia, the mafia that was involved. Um, you know, he was a Catholic. You know, there's so many different things that just come into play. It's crazy. And, uh, I don't, I don't know what to think now as far as, um, uh, the lone gunman and the Warren Commission. And then when you have Bush involved and the CIA and, and Dulles involved too as well, it, you just don't know. But one thing is for sure it wasn't some crazy guy just taking shots out of a window. You know, and 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 when you look at Oswald and you look at his background and everything that we know now, uh, not only was he involved with the CIA and trained by the CIA, but how can a guy at that age go to Russia and just learn Russian fluently so much so that he convinced his wife that he was Russian and he married a Russian wife? How is that guy not tracked? Or was he a triple agent, a quadruple agent, going back and forth, playing both sides? It's a crazy situation. But if that's the case, then it's a conspiracy up and down, conspiracy 101.
1: Well, what about what was happening in the Gulf of Tonkin at that particular time as well?
2: Yep. That's another, that's another great example. And you have, uh, you have uh, Vietnam and you have uh, the infighting that he was doing with Johnson and the way that Johnson was sworn in on the plane, too, as well. I mean, that was just, it was like it was just set up and it was all, you know, if you're Johnson and and the president just died, I know you've got to wrestle control of the country, but don't you handle it just a bit differently? Don't, yeah,
0: don't you not force Jackie to be the witness?
2: Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. you know, and it just seemed a little, little callous, a little cold. You know, the country loved uh, Kennedy, and, you know, good-looking guy, had it going on. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, uh, Marilyn Monroe singing at his birthday party at Madison Square Garden. You know, we, we really looked up to him, and the, the country freaked out, and the way that it was handled, it just seems like everybody was like, okay, we got this done, now let's move forward. And that's the way it feels today. It feels a little slimy, a little dirty.
0: Well, the, you had mentioned the ufology angle, which I, I think is uh, it's just indicative of how uh, Kennedy was viewed by other people in the government. And, of course, here we have a president that we find out years later, uh, pre- previous to him with Eisenhower, who had had, allegedly, direct contact with uh, with alien beings. And if Kennedy had somehow caught wind of that, if somebody had given him that information, and he wanted to either leak that out or make some sort of a public statement, I mean this was the space race. this was a time when he had to justify spending at the time you know millions of dollars what would probably equate to trillions of dollars now to to put a man on the moon to, to have this lofty goal for mankind. And wouldn't it be the perfect justification of that, uh, to get people behind that if somehow he could come out and let people know that there are other life forms out there and that we need to reach out so that we are not the, you know, we're not the cavemen of the rest of the universe.
2: Yeah, it all comes into play. I don't have the FBI document in front of me, but it surfaced oh, two, three months ago. We talked about it on my show, and it was you know the FBI tapping Marilyn Monroe's phones, and Marilyn Monroe talking about you know you know John Jack is uh, going to come out on this UFO issue. And that, that document, whether it's real or not, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on the real side. It's a strange document to leak if, or, or to create, to fabricate. I, to, somebody would go through a lot of great pains to, to create something like that on a very weird subject. Um, but that document, I believe, is real. It reads as real, uh, the verbiage and stuff, but that was right there. You know, it was right there, and he, according to her, she was getting—he was getting ready to uh, to confront this publicly. Now, it, does that also come into play? Well,
1: that That's was confirmed by Kel Gallen. She was a friend of Marilyn Monroe who talked to her, you know, regularly before, just before her death, and she did verify that Marilyn did call her and say that. A friend of mine, Peter—you know, Peter Robbins—I'm yep, sure. Yep, 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 yep. He did a whole. Uh, talk about this in Roswell on the 50th, no, 60th anniversary.
2: Have you guys you've you've read the document? Yes. Okay. It's the verbiage of that document. It just feels vintage. It feels correct, and it reads very official. You know, it's 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 one of those creepy things where you're reading and you're going, "Wow, this okay? Yeah, this is the real deal." It's something that you don't question. It, you know, there's there wasn't any modern, you know, any uh, uh, constructions that would have modern linguistics that were part of it. It read as vintage uh, 1963, 1962, 1963 uh, official uh, vernacular. And that's the way that I look at that document. I It doesn't. When you look at some of the MJ12 stuff and you look at other documents, you, can, you you can look at it and you can weed out in your own mind what is real and and what is not, and what's a good fabrication and 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 what is what is real. No
1: flourish um, or, in those. Yeah,
2: ways. yeah. You read that FBI document uh, with Marilyn and and Jack and the UFOs and the tapping of the phones. That that thing. That's one of those where you just read that and you go man this is burning hot <laughs> you know mm. <laughs> somebody's going to come into my house because I'm just reading this on the computer you know it just feels real feels real
0: and, and there was a lot of information that we have acquired through other, you know, third party sources about Kennedy and, and some of his views on things uh, that have turned out to be true. You know, we find out uh, in later years about how they had a plan he and Bobby in place to go after the mafia. We find out about some of the, uh, you know, the way that he reacted to some of the CIA operations that he was kept in the dark about. So it, it kind of falls in line with the way that that administration was running and the way that, uh, as, as much as he and his brother and those around him who were close to them were trying to uh, put forth their vision of what America could be, there was still that old guard. There was still that uh, you know business-as-usual approach that wanted to get him uh, out of there and was sorry that he was even elected to begin with.
2: Yeah, and, and I also look at it, uh, I, I totally agree with that, uh, Tim, but there's a, another way to look at it. No matter who goes into the Oval Office, it doesn't matter who gets elected, uh, I, here we go talking politics, but this is the truth. It doesn't matter who gets elected. Look, when Obama got elected, you know, our first black president, he's giving these amazing speeches. He's going to go in there for the first time and wrestle control of Washington. We're going to see real change. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. It, it's the status quo today as it was before he was elected. It was the same thing with Bush. Bush 1, Bush 2, Clinton. Pick a president. Every time they go into office, nothing changes. That's it. So you have to question what happens when they get there. You know, Carter wanted UFO uh, disclosure. Clinton was certainly leaning that way. Ford wanted it. Ford, when he was governor of Michigan, we know what went on up there. And, and the Senate hearings that happened after that. But as soon as they get to the White House, somebody's coming in there. They're getting a phone call, something. Okay. All right, now you work for me, pal, and this is what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You know, this, that's that's what happened. It, it, it's 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 so crystal clear, and so you have to look at that. Now, I think that Jack John, uh, when he went to office, he was a little bit different when he was talking about. You know, secret societies and power groups, and 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 perceive existence of evil forces, and how we need to uh, recognize that as a public, and we, and we don't want that. Well, you know what? And he got there, and somebody went in there and had that conversation with him, and and I think he put his foot down. I really do. I think that uh, he got there and he found out that he wasn't the boss, and he, and he tried to make himself the boss, and he had so many different. We had civil. We had all of the civil rights issues that were going down at the time. Of course, we had the space race that was going down. We had Vietnam heating up. Um, we had different elections that were fixed. We had the Teamsters. Uh, it, all of these different angles that were confronting him as a president at that time, that was a turning point of the country. And he went in there, and, uh, and I think he said, uh, we're going to do it my way. And he was public about it.
0: Yeah, I think a he lot of shot. a lot of people over time have tried to uh, portray JFK as being lined up with you know his father's group, his father's crew, those who were operating in the shadows. And I, I almost think in my own part, I mean, we live in Massachusetts, so we we live amongst people who will always be Kennedy defenders, no matter what. But I've come to think over the years that I think the it was the opposite was true. That when when Kennedy got to power, it was almost. Uh, You know, he was embarrassed by the fact that his father's friends might have pulled tricks to get him there. And and he made it his mission to prove that he was his own man and that he wasn't going to be relying on them and that they weren't going to control him. So that's why I think a lot of this uh, mafia stuff, the CIA stuff, a lot of this will come into play if that's the case, if his goal was to cut those ties and to say, you know, you need me, I don't need you.
2: Well, and wasn't it amazing how that family, which seemed... Uh, absolutely untouchable has been completely dismantled and taken apart. I mean, top to bottom. Uh, if you think about it, it's it's insane what that what has happened to that family.
0: There's been a few too many mysterious deaths for it to all be coincidence for me yeah
2: <laughs> it's 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 pretty crazy now there's one other thing and I'll throw this out there to you since we don't have, we're not taking calls or anything I would throw this out to an audio, uh, a caller but well, I'll we can we can certainly you.
0: take calls though well,
2: it, it, it's up to you guys that's cool. Um, you know me I, I love my calls uh, <laughs> is this check this out uh, okay let's go let's go around the table again. Matt number one you ever fire a gun? <laughs> Just, no, know. have you ever shot a gun? Once, twice, a hundred times? Have you ever shot a gun? Yes. Okay, Matt, number two, you ever shot a gun?
1: I'm an instructor.
2: Okay, you're an instructor. Okay, you can't you can not participate in this. Uh, Tim, have you ever fired a gun? Yes, I have. Okay, Matt, number two, you're an instructor. Correct. How? Uh, um, uh, so I'll pose this to all three of you. There is nothing harder than trying to shoot something with a gun. <laughs> 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 Try to shoot a target. Okay, you you it, it, you miss it. You miss it to the left. Miss it to the right. The last thing you do when you're aiming to the center of something is hit the center. Okay, you hit something else. You hit below. You hit it, and it, it's just the way that it is. It is hard to shoot a gun, rifle or otherwise. It is just it is the hardest thing. Now we're 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 trying to put total faith in the fact that Oswald had a bolt action rifle. To steady, you know, to, to, to cock a bolt and then steady the, the, the rifle so you can get a shot off and even remotely close to what you're trying to hit, it, it's crazy. It's impossible. It's absolute, it's impossible. I'm saying it's impossible. It's not possible. It's not possible.
0: I I saw one television special where they tried to have a a Navy SEAL, I think it was. There was uh, somebody who was an expert marksman and and somebody who had been through some of the most rigorous training trying to fire the exact same Manlaker Carcano rifle that right. uh, that Oswald had, trying to pull off the same shot in the same amount of time. And I think he fell about a uh, uh, quarter of a second short from being able quarter, to pull it off.
2: Yeah, a quarter of a second short. I saw another video of the world champion bolt-action you know, guy. And, yeah, it not only was his timing off, but his targeting's off. you know, And, and that's the other part of it. It is just so difficult. Now, we're saying that Oswald, sharpshooter or not, we're saying that Oswald actually pulled that off in the heat of the middle of an assassination not at a target range not you know where you're calm cool and collected but we're talking about the scene of the crime and he didn't miss no i'm just not buying into it i'm not buying into it are you guys getting my computer sounds i no, just need everything we're, okay no, we're not hearing
0: anything sounds great uh, you know it's uh, we 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 know what we're doing here when it comes to the Skype i guess we can pretend that we do <laughs> One of the the things that's always bothered me about some of the theories that people have put out there is the fact that if uh, if it starts to veer too far down a certain path, then people will say, will dismiss it. You know, people who are non conspiracy theorists like we are, they'll the, as soon as there is a left turn that they are not expecting, they'll be like, well, then that theory's junk. And they don't realize that when something like this goes down, the amount of planning that went into it, the amount of people that were involved in it, that sometimes there are going to be some strange characters on the fringe. And I'm thinking, you know, if you look at the whole whole, uh, assassination conspiracy that was set up in the film JFK, you know, when you're dealing with those characters, and because, you know, David Ferry was such a weird guy, they say, well, nobody would trust him to be part of a conspiracy if that was the case, because he was too much of a loose cannon. And so that... Kind of eliminates it in a lot of people's minds, and I think that there's so many loose ends with this anyway, so many loose ends with it even just being a lone gunman that you can't dismiss any theory uh, without without more information.
2: And there's one other uh, there's one other name that I think is dismissed in all of this, and that's Hoover. And remember, uh, Ferry, um, all of of the FBI, not all of them, but most of the FBI guys that were uh, involved in JFK were also involved in the secret space program and were also involved with all the way back to Maury Island and Kenneth Arnold and the original UFO sightings that happened in Tacoma. And that is, it's one of the most mind-blowing tales that you can have. Not only were they involved in Maury Island and, uh, uh, Kenneth Arnold, but they were involved with, uh, JPL. They were involved with Jack Parsons. They were involved with, uh, it goes all the way down the line. L. Ron Hubbard, uh, all the way up to 1952 with, uh, uh... the nine and what happened there with that uh... the channeling of uh... of the nine aliens going through all the ufo events that happened in nineteen fifty two all the way up to uh... Werner von braun nineteen fifty eight uh, operation paperclip these same three or four fbi agents are involved with all these little intricate little seminal events that happened between nineteen forty seven and nineteen sixty three they all, surfaced in, uh, they all surfaced in New Orleans. They all surfaced in Dallas. And they were all involved in all these little key events. And they all worked directly for Hoover. And they were all appointed by Hoover. It's a crazy, crazy story. And you look at all of that and you take it in its totality. And it's just like these same guys, uh, these guys, uh, everybody that we're talking about right now, were all in the movie JFK. You know, they were all players in the JFK assassination, and you can trace it all the way back to 1947.
0: There just seems to be too many uh, too many strange connections through it for it to not have been uh, an inside job. And that's the way that I've I've felt over the years is that no matter who pulled the trigger and no matter who made the final order, there was something going on in place. There was already a plan in place within the government to do something. Uh, to find some sort of way to silence this, what was essentially a dissenting voice from the way that they wanted to run the country.
2: Right. Have you guys been to Dealey Plaza? I I have not. uh, Matt and Matt? No, I haven't. No. Matt and Matt, you need to have your own morning show. Matt and Matt in the morning. (laughs) Neither one of them get up early enough. Nope. (laughs) Matt and Matt in the morning. Uh, I've been to Dealey Plaza a couple of times. And you go there. and There's a couple of things that strike you uh, when you get there that, that you don't see it on, on television. You don't see it in the Zebruder films. You don't see it in the photograph. You don't. It's very small. And you look at the book depository. You look at the road. You look at the streets where they, you know, they made the the left, uh, uh, the right, and the left turn. And you look at the grassy knoll. And you, you take it all in. And you just kind of look around. But then when you look up at that window and you look down on the street, you can stand right there and you're looking. You know, I'm not a moving car from that window, even though it's not that far away. But uh, I I don't – that looks difficult to me. I mean, it's a moving target. It's not stationary. It would be tough enough if it, if it was stationary. But it, when you look at it and it's a curving road and everything, you just look and it just doesn't feel right to you. But – the other thing is, it's so small, and you're looking around with the amount of people that were there, it just seemed like, to me, everybody knew what was going on. Everybody saw what happened. Everybody knew the perpetrators. Everybody knew what Secret Service agents were not on the back of the car or were on the back of the car. Or, or did the car slow down? Was it intentional? Or was there somebody in the grassy knoll? Was there other gunshots? Was it, it's too small. It's too confined of an area. It just seems to me like it's the perfect. If you're going to have eyewitnesses, you're going to do it in a small spot like that. It just seems to me like it's 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 um you know what I mean. You can take it all in from wherever you are. There, it's all right in front of you. It's not some big expansive spot. No, it's very 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 small. Far more well, easier to control. Yeah, it, that's what that's my point. It's and, about the and, size of a baseball uh, field. Ah no 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 maybe Pee Wee baseball yeah like a yeah, little no it's pill. it I'm telling you the the book depository is right on that street uh, the length of the streets uh, between the book depository and where the bridge is it, it can't be maybe a hundred yards maybe it's it's not a quarter mile I wow. don't think and the grassy knoll's right there. It's not like it's uh, the, when they talk about the grassy knoll, that's the little hill in your backyard. That's what we're talking about. man. it's like right there. And uh it's very, very, very small. It looks big, but it's not. When you get there, it's a pretty fast. You can just stand there on the, on the road and you can look around and see everything right in front of you. In, in
0: 1963, topography, you know take that into account, but even then it was easy to just jump right out of Dealey Plaza and get onto the highway, right? It was easy to get somebody out of there if they wanted to do so quickly.
2: Well, you know, then they talk about that, too, as well. You know, Oswald running down, running around the building, going out of the back of the book's depository and disappearing. I don't know how because when you stand there, how that wasn't seen. You know, and oh, you know what? That's another point. I, You know, Dallas, Texas. They find... A guy that was supposedly unidentified, right? Unidentified. They didn't have Oswald's name, but they went to the theater that he was at and found him.
0: Yeah, they just happened to peek <laughs> in and look and see, hey, anybody in here shoot a president?
2: You know, I'm, that's another one where I'm just not. That's another part of this whole thing that just sounds really funny to me. They, they were able to just nail it just like that. Nah, it's, Dallas is a big city. And I, that's that found is a little strange to me but anyway, with everybody running around Dealey Plaza that day it's it's a perfect you know it's like a stage you know everything's right in front of you. so many eyewitnesses it should have just been all put together and instead they come up with you know a lone gunman in the window. you know I don't know I it just it's it's too funky. it smells so dirty.
0: Well, we have about two minutes uh, before we have to take a break for the news and that we have to let you go because you have another engagement tonight. But uh, in that two minutes, I'll ask you, what is what is probably your pet theory?
2: My pet theory on uh, JFK Mm -hmm. uh, that he wasn't the boss. That's the thing. He wasn't the boss. He got into office. He found out he wasn't the boss. He chose to go outspoken on it. And he was silenced.
0: And, and who did the silencing?
2: Well, you know, that's the, that's the question. I, I ask all of my guests uh, about this all the time. Who's the guy pulling the strings? And the answer is, you know, multiple people. Re- always remember, um, uh, elected officials come and go. Okay? They come and go. But the machine stays in place. So whatever agenda is going on when you go into office, it's going to be ongoing when you leave office. So who is running that machine? That's the thing. Who's running it? My my thing is always chase the dollars. You know that's your answer. It's always follow the money, and and that's where it's at. So is it big corporations? Is it the banking system? Uh, uh, the families that own and control the money and the gold? You know, is it that? I I, I kind of lean in that direction. You know, that's who that's who's there after you leave office, and and also the military is is an ongoing machine. A general is is there for thirty years. A, a you know a, a president is there for four years. So the general has got an agenda that was moving in one direction before you got there, and it's going to continue moving uh, after you leave. And it's the same thing with the banking system. So. Uh, and corporations and, and the money. So that's that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, yeah. All right.
0: Well, thank you very much, Jimmy, for joining us. Of course, Fade to Black. It airs weeknights uh, 10 to midnight, our time, right, uh, Eastern Time, on the Dark Matter Radio Network, which, of course, Spooky South Coast is also proud to be a part of. And uh, everybody can tune in during the week and listen to Fade to Black. You're also podcasting. And everybody can follow you on Twitter at jchurchradio, and jimmychurchradio.com is the website. Did I get everything right?
2: You're so kind. All right. Hey, Matt. Matt and Matt, you guys are cool. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> it's
0: the first you might, yeah, you're the only one that tells you to, tell them that.
2: You guys talk way too much. <laughs> Tim, now you got to vote those guys in.
0: Now i got to deal with those egos for the next hour. Thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Tim, iron that shirt. I'll talk to you.
0: All right. Take care, Jimmy. That is that is Jimmy Church, the host of Fade to Black. You can hear him on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and uh, we thank him for joining us. we got to bring him in for some more topics uh, somewhere down the line as well. Uh, We will definitely do that. We are going to take a break, though, right now for the news. Uh, On the other side, we'll take your calls. You can let us know what you think, who pulled the trigger. More importantly, who pulled the strings. We'll be back with more Spooky South Coast in just a moment. South Coast. Helps if I speak into the microphone, doesn't it? Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. You know, that that Skype interview with Jimmy Church went so well from a technological standpoint. I knew Jimmy was going to bring it in terms of the discussion. That I, w- I had no doubts about, but, you know, I was a little bit worried about the Skype on our end, but it worked out so well. Maybe we should start including Skype as a way that people can contact us. What do you think? Yeah.
3: That might be a good idea.
0: I, I just don't, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if we can count on the internet here. Yeah. <laughs> Each week enough for that. But, hey, if the station uses it to do remotes, then maybe we can use it. I think we said, like, what, three years ago we were going to incorporate more Skype? Something like that. Yeah. We all, what else were we going to do? We were going to get an app. Yep. We were going to get that uh, Netscape email. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us still have their Netscape email. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs>
0: Uh, but uh get yeah our, we get our site up on geo cities we we do need to do that uh under towns slash albuquerque slash uh. <laughs> but uh, we are can you believe though with all the promises that we've made over the years and, and some of them we 've actually lived up to but uh that we'll be celebrating our ninth anniversary coming up in January nine years of doing this program that's it's a long time yeah, I know when we were when we were told about uh you know, when we were kind of briefed a little bit on on what to expect in the radio business, the statement that was told to me was, "If you can make it three years, you're a success." So that means we are going to be a success, success. three times over. Yes, excellent. And uh, would if we, that make us excess? Uh, probably. And if we make it to ten years, and Uh, Then I start to question us. (laughs) Are we really doing the right thing? Because we're still coming in here and doing it for free every Saturday night. But uh, no, but uh, we will be celebrating our ninth anniversary coming up in January. Uh, We are very excited to do that, and we're very glad that uh, all of you out there keep tuning in each and every week, whether it be live, uh, whether it be watching us on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, or whether it be listening to the podcast later on, or the YouTube videos, which for some reason have not been working for us the last few weeks. And uh, we will work on remedying that situation because you know that's that's one of the things that the people want, Matt Costa. They want spooky TV. They want video. They I don't know why, but they do. They want to see us. They want to see what's going on. Drinking my
1: coffee. They They want free company coffee.
0: They want to see the the product placement that Matt Moniz and I constantly are doing for Subway with our sodas from next door because (laughs) there's no soda machine next door and the the coffee buzz lasts too long for me. The soda buzz. Yeah. It wears off a little quicker. So I don't I don't want to be up all night. Yeah. Uh, but uh we'll do something special I think for our anniversary. I've been try every year we say we're going to have a party and we haven't done it since what the first anniversary.
3: <laughs> yeah. And
0: that party it was kind of a sad party. It's not like a party guys, I guess. I don't hmm. know. I guess, yeah, we're not really, but we, we go are going to be. Parties. We, we can, are yeah. going to be having Oddfest. That will definitely be happening. We will be having having our Legend Trips Halloween party. A Halloween party. Yeah. <laughs> our Legend Trips holiday party uh, that we have each and every December. Uh, Oddfest will be happening. We are working on securing a location on the Cape, which uh, you guys will be happy because it's literally right over the bridge. Mm-hmm. So if uh, I'm just waiting to hear back, which bridge? The Bourne Bridge. Okay. So because uh, we are working with a Cape-based charity this year, uh, instead of working with Toys for Tots, which is normally who we have been donating to over the uh, last few years, uh, this year we're going to be working with a a charity that's a little bit more local. We'll be working with the Charles R. Foley Jr. Gilmartin Foundation. It is a nonprofit organization in honor of Charles R. Foley uh, and his parents, the Gilmartins, the, the folks who are in charge of the foundation, they're also paranormal investigators with Case Paranormal, and we had the opportunity to meet them at the Winchendon Historical Society at the Murdoch-Whitney House. And they're just fantastic people. The organization is a great organization honoring a terrific young man who loved the paranormal. Uh, So we are going to be collecting toys for him and for his foundation uh, on his behalf. Uh, They do this in memory of him. They've already had one toy drive where it was a big success. I know that the paranormal folks can come out, and we can do even better. We can do even better to keep the memory of Charles R. Foley Jr. alive. And we will find out. As soon as we find out the details, I'll put it out on Facebook. I'll put it out on Twitter. You will have all the information so that you can come down and take part in this party. There's no cost to get in. You just have to bring a toy for us to donate. Nice. And uh, if we're working on trying to get them to donate the room. But if, if for some reason they won't, then Legend Trips is going to foot the bill to rent out the room so that we can have this party. And it, it, the place that I've been checking out, the room is perfect. It's downstairs. It's away from everything else. It's got its own bar, but people will be able to go upstairs and order food if they want. Uh, they, they have a great uh, great tavern on top. So hopefully the details will be coming out this week because we really got to pull it together. We're shooting for December 12th as the date. So Not much time. Not a lot of time at all, but thankfully not a lot to plan either. You know, just have the bartender show up and open some bottles, and it's a party. (laughs) That's all we need for for OddFest. So that'll be coming up. And and we were talking about, you know, trying to have some entertainment as well. Uh, And and one of the things I was thinking of, we we were thinking about trying to find a karaoke person to donate the time. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, I'll just bring my PlayStation, and I'll bring my SingStar games. There you go. And that's pretty much like having karaoke. The words are right there on the screen, and you know yeah. people can battle. I like it. So we'll do that. It'll be a lot easier. It'll be, it'll be a lot more fun. Uh, so we'll so you know warm up your your singing voices. I, I I'm going to see if I can get Belanger to do Itch Tricky with me by Run DMC. Oh. <laughs> I think that that might be a must. So, so everybody, bring your video cameras. Uh, also uh, coming up, uh, one other thing I want to let people know about: on December third, I will be speaking uh, at the And uh, the winter meeting for the Southeastern Council for the Social Studies, it's happening at the Century House uh, in a on Wednesday, December 3rd. It's going to be $29 to attend, uh, but you're not paying $29 to hear me talk. No way, you're getting an awesome buffet from the Century House. I'm talking steak tips, I'm talking baked salmon, I'm talking roasted pork, chicken, potatoes, vegetables, rolls, coffee, tea, and ice cream at the end. So all of that is included with your $29 ticket, a buffet dinner, and I'll be presenting Ghosts of the South Coast as well. It all starts at 5.30 with a cocktail hour. They call it the attitude adjustment time when you come in and you get to relax and socialize and have a drink. Then at 6 o'clock, I'll kick off things with Ghosts of the South Coast, and then I won't go too long because at 7.15, we'll be serving that fantastic Century House Buffet. And then I have to I still have to check with the Century House and make sure it's okay. But I'm thinking like while they're cleaning up and everything, you know, the meeting's over, the they don't really do a lot of club business at this. It's pretty much the lecture and the dinner. So there's not going to be a lot of, you know, voting on things and, you know, having the annual minutes and all that kind of stuff. So when everything's all said and done, I'm going to bring my ghost hunting gear and we will poke around the Century House. Stephanie Burke, our co-host who has done many events over there for different things has said that There's a lot of energy at the Sentry House, so we might as well poke around and see what we can find. As long as it's okay with them, I just got to check with them, but I don't see why it would be a problem. Yeah. Unless they just want to clean up and get everybody the hell out of there, which is a possibility as well, but uh, we'll see what we can pull off. At the very least, I'll bring the equipment, everybody can check it out, look at it, see how it works, get an idea for it if you have never investigated before, and then... In the presentation, goes to the South Coast, of course, I'll present to you some of the stuff that we've collected on investigations and Legend Trips events around the South Coast area. So you'll see stuff from the Lizzie Board and Bed and Breakfast, which we have two tickets remaining for, for our February 28th Legend Trips event. And you are going to want to snatch up those tickets, because this is unlike any of the other Legend Trips that we get to do. I mean, we go to some pretty awesome places. Oh, yeah. But to be able to go back, this is essentially, although it's not a completely scientific investigation, but this is essentially what you're looking for in the paranormal, the opportunity... To have repeated access to a location and see if you can have repeated results over time, and we have. And it seems like each time we go to the Lizzie Borden House, something different takes place. It might not be the same activity that we've had. It might not even be the same level of activity, but there's always something that throws us a little bit for a loop. Like what happened to us last time? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know, just uh, out of all the years that we've been there, and all the all the time, how many times have we closed that place down?
1: Oh, repeatedly. Yeah.
0: There's been uh, numerous uh, nights where you know it's just us there you know and we're the ones locking up at the end of the night and Leanne's already in bed and we're the ones taking care of everything and we've never had that happen before and nope. uh, we've been there times when you know other people tour guides who work there or what have you they've been there they've locked up that's never happened before But all of a sudden, this one time, on a night when there wasn't a whole lot of other activity going on... There was activity, but not... Not, like, to the scale that we've seen. We only have, like, five or six people in the house. And normally, when you have five or six people in the house, the place is going haywire. But it was relatively quiet for for a a, a sparsely populated night. But then at the end of the night, we're sitting there watching (laughs) what's going on, and... There's no way. There's no way that that could have been anything. Other than what we were witnessing. Right. And now for those who who might not know or, or who didn't hear us talking about it when it happened, we were standing outside with Leanne. We had just locked the place up, and she was in possession of the only key to get back in. So there's nobody else around. There's no tour guides around. There's nobody left in the house. The cat was even not even in the house. Yep. He had just come back a few days before, after being missing for a while. He was up in the barn, uh, and so we're just standing back there, talking to Leanne from the ground. You know, she's up in the barn. We're yep. yelling up to her, and she looks out and she says, "You guys left the bathroom light on in the third floor. You guys left the third floor light on. It was the hallway light." Yeah. She's like, you guys left the the light on. No, we didn't. (laughs) I know for a fact I didn't. I know I didn't because I'm scared of the dark, and I always flip the switch and then run. Yeah. And I remember distinctly flipping the switch and running. So uh, I just thought that that was uh, strange that that light was on, but, you know, whatever. We can't go back in and turn it on. She has the only key now. So she has to come downstairs, go inside, and now to turn off that light, for those unfamiliar with the house, you have to go up one flight of stairs and then turn... See, there's no direct flight of stairs up to the third floor right. from from the first floor. You have to go up a flight of stairs, then go around a little section of wall, and then go up the next flight of stairs to be able to make it to the third floor. And that light switch is on that second set of stairs. Yes. So Leanne had to go up and turn that light on and then come off. all the way back... To, to Turn it off, right? And then come all the way back down the sta- second set of stairs to come outside. She was outside already... Yep. When we saw another light turn on on the second, the second floor. floor. And so <laughs> so now we're like, all right, that's a little bit weird. And, you know, did, Was there some kind of switch that she would have hit? But there wasn't. There's no switch to turn on a room light from the first floor. Correct. The room lights are lamps. So somebody flipped on the lamp from the second floor. All right. Now this is getting a little strange. So then she goes back inside. She flipped that one off. Goes back down outside. And then what happened after that? The third floor light comes back on.
1: And then the second floor light. And then I went up to the third you floor. Hear she a went c- That's me. Sorry. She went back to the second floor. We shut both our lights off, came back outside, and then again. <laughs>
0: and what was great is that uh, we left after that, now all the lights are off. We're standing there for about a good 10 minutes. Nothing happens. The lights are all off. And we say, all right, now it's safe to go home. We get on the highway. I yep. think I got as far as um, Westport. Yeah, I wasn't even, I, I think I had just passed White's. Yeah. So I was maybe, you know, five minutes away from the house. And <laughs> Leanne texts me, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Because the light had come back on, and she's like, I forget it. I'm going to bed. I'm just too tired. But apparently it was happening quite frequently. And then I just spoke to Leanne last week, and she said that there was more activity happening uh, in the house. She actually told me a story that they had some people in uh, for an event last weekend, and they were sitting in the room where Mr. Borden was killed, and they heard a voice coming from the kitchen. Which generally a lot of stuff doesn't happen in the kitchen. That's kind of the paranormal yeah. safe haven. That's our you know our home base for things. If people get overwhelmed, we say just go to the kitchen.
1: The only other thing I know of t- happening in the kitchen is the uh, the ghost cat, so so to speak. Right. Somebody he, caught yeah.
0: caught that image of the cat, but generally you know people aren't feeling and hearing a lot of activity in there. But something happened then. So again, two. Tickets remain for that event, so if you would like to uh, take part in this and and see if maybe you can experience some of this stuff, then absolutely go to legendtrips.com and purchase those. Snatch those up, because uh, they will go pretty quickly, and then we'll have a complete sellout, and it's still months away. So we've got to find somewhere else that we can go for another Legend Trips event. We'll be announcing all kinds of stuff for 2015, so sign up for the mailing list while you are there. Now, getting back into the... Kennedy assassination topic, uh, again, Jimmy Church did a great job of bringing up a lot of different points. Moniz, I want to go back to something that Jimmy mentioned, though, and I, I wish we had had more time to explore this topic. He had discussed the ufology aspect of it and the fact that Kennedy was someone who was leaning toward uh, the idea of disclosure mm-hmm. and, and, and at least revealing what he knew about UFOs, especially you know everything that had happened from 1947 to that point. But in looking back and and in some of the discussions that we were having with Jimmy about that, he mentioned that Kennedy wanted to reveal what he knew. Carter, who had a personal experience, wanted to reveal what he knew. Clinton wanted to reveal what he knew. So did Reagan. And we've heard stuff about Obama also wanting to... As part of his, you know, transparency of government, that was one of the things that he wanted to address when he got into into power. What, Reagan aside, but what do you notice about those four names? They're all Democrats. Okay. So I'm wondering how, if that has anything to do with it. You know, just the fact that he mentioned that. I'm wondering if that has anything at all to do with the correlation of uh you know who was in power and who who was who was behind the scenes telling them they can or can't reveal this information well ford also promised it and he was a republican and yeah. that didn't happen well, but I, I
1: don't think it makes a difference with you know whether you're r or d i think it has to do with the secrecy has been entrenched for so long that it makes no difference you know who's stepping in the office this is above what their pay grade is so to speak in terms of secrecy
0: Looking back at it too, who probably had the most to lose if they had gone forward and and said what they knew? Who would have been the one that would have? uh, Who would have?
1: What do you mean? What do you mean by who?
0: I guess it depends on the timing of when the announcement comes. You know, this has to be this has to be something that if you are going, you can't be Obama saying that you're going to talk about it. You know, the first ninety days in office, because. The minute you take that seat at the at the desk behind, uh, behind the desk of the Oval Office, you're immediately working on getting elected the next time. So it can't be the first ninety days. Clinton, from what we understand, was leaning toward disclosure in his last couple of years the of presidency. But what was going on then? We had the Whitewater stuff. We had we were hearing about Ken Starr every day. You know all the stuff that was going on then. So he's at a disadvantage. Ford probably would have been the best candidate because he would have had the the most to gain from it because the country was just coming out of this whole debacle with secrecy and, and, and the government, the way the government was operating in secret and not being forthcoming with them. So what better way to say, whoa, we're going to change gears here. There's a bunch more here. other secrets yeah.
1: that we now put out of yeah. the closet. And... Yeah,
0: we, we, we might have hit a tape recorder, but guess what? There's aliens, so forget about that whole Watergate thing. And it might have worked. And they would have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it would have, it's, it certainly would have changed the course of things. So then you gotta wonder, you know, there's, there's people that had much to gain, there's people that had much to lose, yet it still, it just stays out there and it, and it doesn't get addressed at all. And, and even if it does, uh, when it gets addressed, like on the campaign trail, I remember in, in 2007, uh, they mentioned it and it became a joke. They mention it in every election, and it becomes a joke. It becomes yeah. a side note. It becomes yeah. something to, to ridicule and poke fun on for. So, with that in mind, you know what would have happened if Kennedy had come forward with what he knew and 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 what was going on. What would what would be the reason to to stifle uh, the president coming forward in nineteen sixty or sixty one, sixty two, sixty three, whenever to say. Well, I guess it would have been 61. But, you know, what would have been the problem with him coming forward? What was going on at the time that would have been so anti-disclosure?
1: Well, the space race. All right. You're
0: putting stuff up in space,
1: you know, as far as civilians know. It becomes this thing now. Are you putting things up in space to be defensive against these things? Is this going to bring us into another war with a species from somewhere else? We remember we had just fought two two large wars, and a couple of really good skirmishes, and we were get, getting ready to get into the middle of a, a whole another, you know, ball of wax that wound up. Being Vietnam, mm-hmm. okay, which people in the administration were already pushing for, right? Now, actually, they were looking. Here is another interesting little fact: they were Kennedy was looking to pull back out of Vietnam. All right, Mo, that and that's stuff that can be looked up. It, it's one of these things he thought he, they needed to dial back a little bit about certain things, and the powers that be wanted, you know, the Gulf of Tonkin protected because they were drilling for oil and there was a large oil. Concerns out there, but that's digressing from where we're going with aliens at this moment. Um, The reason why you wouldn't want to basically let the cat out of the bag if you're putting in a a, a big push towards space, most of the people wouldn't want, like I said, it to be an aggressive stance against something that we really don't have a, a means to fight against.
0: One of the concerns that I think that was probably playing into it was, uh, again, being in the Cold War and and not knowing where that was going to go. I'm sure that if let's put let's put the idea aside for a minute that there are um, aliens out there, that there are alien technologies out there to be had. Let, let's just let's just say that that's true. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people feel that it is, but let's just say that that's 100% true for a moment. Then if you are fighting this enemy and you have no idea where this is going to go, you're trying to keep tabs on what the enemy is doing, but you can't know everything. Right. As we knew with some of the events that unfolded. Then you're going to want to make sure that if you have that information, you're not going to want it to get into the hands of the enemy. Correct. Because you're going to want to not get into a war with these creatures. You're going to want to get into a partnership with these creatures. And you're going to want to find out what these technologies are that they have that you can best utilize to help neutralize or eliminate your enemy.
1: All right. Here's an interesting little story. The Socorro Incident happened in 1964, right after Kennedy was assassinated. And supposedly, a few days later, uh, is when the Holloman Accord, as it's called, took place. Are you familiar with that? Yes,
0: but tell the audience if uh, they The uh, right.
1: Holloman Accord, as it's sometimes referred to, is when a race of beings met on Holloman Air Force Base and created a treaty between themselves and the United States and technology and things were exchanged.
0: And that's where a lot of the tech that we saw come out of the 60s uh, came from, was uh, from some of the prototypes so that they received, or the information that, that they, yes. they received. So with the possibility that they were out there and the possibility that they needed to keep that relationship secret – that could be a reason to take out Kennedy if he was leaning in that direction. And if that uh, if that meeting was going to happen, if that, uh, if that summit was going to happen and they already knew that it was going to happen, then the plan may, might have already been in place, then Kennedy is not the guy that you want to have be part of that. Right. Uh, because he's going to be pushing for that information to be out there and it would eliminate the purpose of even having that meeting. At least in terms of the military-industrial complex is reason. Yeah, if you,
1: yeah. If you want to be the ones collecting the goodies, yes, he he would be a good person to get out of the way.
0: He seemed to be someone too that always pushed for the good of mankind over the good of the United States. Uh, he pushed for the good of all men over the good of the rich few. And even though he was part of the rich few, uh, he always seemed to push for people having. Equality, and with that in mind, I think that the problem was uh, whether it be that or whether it be anything else going on down the line. He wasn't going to be putting it in the best interest of the one percenters. He was going to be putting it in the best interest of everybody, and, and looking at it from that perspective. And as we've seen, government hasn't operated that way since you know I think uh, since the time they signed the Constitution. That was pretty much the last time that the the people, uh, you know, for the people, by the people, of the people was actually really the truth.
1: I think it extended a little bit further, and I, th- I think when we really started to lose it was after the Civil War, um, because in order to basically sew the country back together, certain deals had to be made, and I think we, that was the start. We did,
0: uh, before the Civil War, we did try and go after you know cronyism, and we did try yeah. to go after corruption, and we made a pretty good show of it for a little while yeah. there, but... But uh, in order to,
1: to put that back the country back together, I think that's where you first started to see you know the deals with the devil, so to speak, with uh, industry and everything else, because that was a first war where we really, you know, were reliant on uh, on industry to help fight it for, for lack of a better term.
0: So and if, if the ufology aspect plays into things, then the CIA, would probably be the most viable candidate for this conspiracy, uh, because they would they would be the ones who uh, execute the plan. And no did, pun intended. Well,
1: they would be the ones with the resources to do it, yes.
0: Uh, is it possible, too, that because of the way that the CIA was working with the mafia at that time, especially with the entire situation going on in Cuba, which had been... Mafia-controlled before Castro. Uh, They had a bone to pick with Castro. The CIA obviously had a problem with Castro and and communism being 90 miles away from our our basement door there. Not to call Florida – well, I I don't mind picking on Florida a little bit. But with all that going on, uh, then you have uh, another – aspect of it that could come into play. It still could have been the CIA that pulled the trigger, but now it could have been the mafia that was helping to set that up and getting those wheels in motion, uh, as opposed to it being providing material and personnel and, and also providing cover too, and giving you, uh, you know, uh, should should the Warren commission have failed, it would have given you a plan B, uh, to be able to share that information. And, And the Warren commission, we have to say that it was a failure, Because the Warren Commission, as Jimmy said when we were talking with him, not only did they suppress certain information, but they've made sure that everything else is held under lock and key until everybody involved was long gone. And if you think that you have the answer, then why do you have to do that? And uh, I think it was, what, 1975 or 78 when the House Select Committee on Assassinations convened. and, And they were calling for more information and they couldn't get it. Correct. I mean, this is a congressional body that's going after this information and it's still being kept from them. And they still, you know, they can't call into this some of the witnesses who at the time were still alive uh, and and now we've lost a lot of them. And that's not to say all the ones that were taken out or quote-unquote quote, unquote, died mysteriously. So you're dealing with uh, something that there's been so much smoke and mirrors over the years anyway that People's minds were going to be made up just by the actions of the Warren Commission. It, it, it ended up backfiring in their in in terms of their plan. So that's probably why we see the the mafia come into play as one of these theories, because maybe it is that disinformation already starting because they want to have the the likely scapegoat for what happened.
1: Are you familiar with the uh, Operation Mongoose? Yes. Okay. So. The attempt to kill
0: uh, yeah. Castro. Yes.
1: Correct. Well, that group was. Still active when uh, Kennedy was assassinated, and one of the rumors is they wanted to get back at him because of what he did. And
0: yeah, the that, that's that's a big part of everything is the, the the way that the fact that both Kennedy brothers were assassinated, the fact that the two of them had teamed up to go after uh, joint enemies. And and the way that they had a pretty heavy-handed approach with these other organizations, you know, the alphabet soup of everything going on. They they really, as Jimmy said, put their foot down. They laid down the law of how they wanted things handled, and that's something that they weren't used to. CIA, the FBI, they're not used to being told what to do. They're not used to being told that you know, I am the boss. Usually, didn't really mean anything to them. They were still able to do what they had to do, and a lot of presidents were probably under the approach of, I don't want to know what you do. You know, There's certain aspects and certain things that I'm better off not knowing and not being privy to, whereas opposed to, I think, the Kennedys wanted to be involved in every decision that was made.
1: Yeah, they were used to the other bosses just being the guys that signed the check.
0: Yeah. Well, especially if you look at, uh, at Eisenhower and the way that things went with Eisenhower, he, you know, he he was presiding over a time when America wanted to be innocent. He was providing over a time when Americans didn't want to know that there was bad things going on. They wanted to live the leave it to Beaver life. They wanted to get away from having, you know, the the especially after going through World War II. They wanted to get away from that, and they wanted to they wanted to embrace Camelot. They wanted to embrace that vision mm-hmm. of of a better, you know, take take what has happened to us, take the prosperity that we're enjoying under the Eisenhower administration, and now move that forward. Now take the American dream that we're living. Uh, that we're starting to live, and now let's put it into full dream mode and see where we can go from there. And let's live in a more utopian society. Let's live more in a, a a society that can get along better. But the problem with that is that as that was going along, a lot of it was a false sense of security. Smoke and mirrors. A lot of it was you were enjoying this society that was made for middle-class white people. A lot of that was something that was based on uh, you know, the same ideologies and the same philosophies that people had prior to World War II. And now you're dealing with a, a, a country that's changed. Now you're dealing with a different situation with racial equality. Now you're dealing with a different situation with you know, the youth wanting to have something different than what they were raised on. They, wanted to, they didn't want to have that smoke and mirrors. They wanted to see beyond the curtain and see what was going on. So you already have that undercurrent going on. And Kennedy wasn't going to turn that blind eye. He was going to feed into that because those were the people that helped get him elected. That, that was the, the groundswell of support, being a Kennedy and also being a Democrat, that helped get them into office, and they were the ones that were going to carry him to re-election as well. So, yes, he's going to have to listen to those people. And if other people don't want, other factions don't want him listening to those groups, there you have it. And that's something that's very akin to what's going on right now with the immigration situation. We have President Obama who is coming forward and saying, this is what we're going to do, and Congress hasn't acted like they were supposed to act, so I'm going to issue this executive order, and these 5 million people who, by the way, are already in the country, it's not like we're letting new people in, we're just going to stop chasing after the ones that aren't doing anything wrong, and make them start to pay taxes. So this is what's going on right now, and people are looking at that and saying, well, he's just trying to rally that vote, for the Democrats to, to get them back into power in two years. Uh, so that's just one of the appro- – and, and so it's a lot of the same type of scenarios now. I don't think that we're going to see any kind of you know conspiracies going on around this. I think that they're letting uh, – I don't want to use this term. I was going to say let Obama dig his own grave, but I don't want to go in that direction. But yeah. they're letting him fail on his own. They're not looking to remove him. There's been talk of impeachment, but what what is impeachment going to What's going to do?
1: Every president gets – some sort of impeachment thing brought up. Yeah, it's, it's always every single, off. Pretty much everyone. So,
0: so I mean, if, if they're going to let him, you know, hang himself out to dry and, and, and suffer the consequences of his own actions, but in 1963 they might not have felt the same way. They might not have felt that they could afford to do that. They might not have felt that they could have let that happen.
1: Yeah, you had a totally different mindset back then. You are correct. Just, just a few of the possibilities. Is there an easier way to get, like, I don't know. Get rid of a president? Wouldn't wouldn't a plane crash or a car accident be more probable? Or is it like the message that's said? I, yeah. Think, I, I, think, I, I think. Yeah, that's the message the, is what was implied there.
0: See, I think, and I think that the message is key because there are some people who were probably behind JFK, and I'm thinking Robert Kennedy is one. That they, it, it wasn't just about taking out John F. Kennedy; it was about Teaching that lesson it was to Robert Kennedy, about to anybody else that Kennedy was going to come administration up.
1: administration, and not just.
0: It was about anybody that was opposing those who were in those who were in the true power. It was about anybody that was trying to go up against that. Up against the military-industrial complex, you mean? For one, yeah. Uh, but you know, anybody that was going to be a dissenting voice to that, this was, and it could be you too. And what happened? Bobby Kennedy runs. Bobby Kennedy has that same vision. He makes those same promises. He makes that same uh, outlook for people. They start to feel like, okay, maybe we can come out of this. Maybe we can get back on the right track. And what happens? Somebody put a bullet in him as well. Hmm. Essentially by the same way, a crazy lone gunman. Now, do I think that crazy lone gunmen exists? Absolutely. There's tons of crazy people out there. Look at what goes on in the world today. There's no conspiracy believed to be around a lot of these school shootings that we've seen and, and some of these other vicious attacks that we've seen, you know, people walking into movie theaters and opening fire, all the stuff that's been going on. Nobody's looking at this and saying there's a conspiracy. Oh, well, there is one. Well, the conspiracy that's around it has to do with gun control. And no, Well, that, that issue aside, no,
1: the. There is a common factor that all of these shooters have that's not being, um, shall we say, voiced, and because there's a very powerful, powerful group behind it. And that has to do with all of these mass shooters that, that have happened have all been on a certain type of medication, and pharmaceutical companies have very, very deep pockets. And that's one of the facts that's being withheld. Let's well, say,
0: but, but that aside, I mean, if that's I, still, I mean, that's I got to go a little bit further down the line to, to buy into that. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Because I, I, I think that these these shooters have all had enough problems in their life going on. that it's highly likely, in my mind, that they just decided to pick up a gun and open fire. But they all
1: have, you can check into this if you like, they all have had the same type of medication, they're so all on certain antidepressants.
0: Is the suggestion, though, that that antidepressant is triggering in their mind... To commit these acts, or no. is it more than just that? It's not suppressing an urge that might already be there.
1: It's it's a combination of things. If you watch some of these ads on t- TV, they'll they'll even say it may have thoughts of suicide. If you go back and look and look at the literature, they also mentioned homicide, but they redacted that. It, it's violent acts.
0: It's it literally says homicide in the literature. It, it yeah, okay. okay. That, go look. That I will that I will have to see. Um, but Because uh, I would think that that would be, like, I think the FDA would be like, hold on, wait a minute. Killing other people? We're fine if you want to kill yourself if you're on this medication. It was, We've let people kill themselves on drugs for a long time. It, it referred to
1: a, a, a desire for violent acts of either homicide or suicide. Wow. Uh, I'm talking in the research literature before the material was actually put out.
0: Yeah, obviously it's not the stuff that the guy's going to say. No, it's not going to be on the
1: MSDS because I get sanitized.
0: It's certainly not going to be, uh, you know. It's uh, we just want we just want to tell you the good stuff. We want to show you the beautiful lady lying in bed that's waiting for you to take the boner pill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's what we're going to show you. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to give one. A, I didn't want to say Viagra and, and or Cialis. But medications have
1: side effects. We know this, right? And.
0: And also, those side effects, for the most part, are just them covering their ass anyway. I mean, how many people actually experience any of the side effects of some of the stuff that's on these commercials?
1: Well, uh, your boner pill was actually a side effect that they were testing the material on for another disease, another (laughs) problem. Seriously. It yeah. was originally designed for as a heart medication, but they found out that it worked it, the opposite it, way. It, it worked it, uh, affecting other things. Yes. yes.
0: didn't really keep the heart in control. It kind of made it release a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, but we don't want to get too far off topic. We do have a call on the line, so let's take that in. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Those are the numbers. Uh, so good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Hello. You're on the air. I know I'm doing it right. Oh, no, I did it wrong. Hello? Hi, you're on the air.
3: Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, my thing has always been on that, it's a rifle. That's the thing that gets me because somebody's going to do something like that, and that's the rifle they pick with a junk scope. Yeah. Uh, where did he practice? I mean, anybody who's going to do anything like that, I mean, they're going to do some practice. And where did he go practice?
0: Well, I think I think Dallas, Texas in 1963 was probably easy to go out and shoot a gun and nobody would be suspicious.
3: Well, but my thing is they knew oh, him. I mean, he brings it out once, and it'll be that time in the, in the car. So we, how did he get around before that?
0: Well, he had it in the photo when the photo was taken, too. I don't
3: know. i got photos that, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I know the photo doesn't really stand up to a lot of scrutiny but it, yeah. I mean it was in the photo
3: I mean the whole thing of it go, like I said it goes back to the rifle I mean it's too late for that I mean it's never going to be any answers but uh, the rifle the, that's the problem when the FBI received the rifle they stated that they couldn't adjust the scope because there was two shims missing but then after when they were done with the rifle they said oh the rifle shot accurate it was no problem Never mentioned that they had a that and these, you know, they repaired it. But when they first got it, there was two shims missing and the scope couldn't be adjusted.
0: Now and correct me if I'm wrong, Monies, in nineteen seventy eight did they not test the rifle? Uh and, and, and test the shot from the school book depository? Didn't wasn't they, that part of that investigation? They,
1: well a representation. I don't think they actually went to the school book depository itself. Okay, they just
0: went from the same distance and, Yeah.
1: and um I think they were checking the the bullets I don't think they did anything I don't remember anything mentioned about the scope
3: yeah no, no the scope the, the, the scope was never uh, I mean they never got into it and, uh, I mean he paid a dollar something for the scope even back then it considered junk you know yeah. what I mean yeah uh, for the whole, he could have got a 03 Springfield could have got a they said he was proficient with uh, M1 Garand I mean you know how many bringbacks there were oh yeah I mean, he could the M1 Garand, anything, but you know, he picks an Italian rifle.
1: And has it mail ordered?
3: A mail ordered and and you know, they said, well, a gunsmith put the scope on. That don't mean nothing. Anybody that knows anything about rifles? If you buy a rifle and get the scope on it, you have to go try it. I
1: mean, yeah.
3: you, you, know, you have to zero it. You're gonna zero it, in. there's no two ways about it. I mean, i have been a gunsmith almost all my life, and there's no way you're gonna get away. You're say, wow, this rifle shot out of the box with a scope. No way. No way it did it. And, he, and no escape plan yet. Who would be that stupid? Say, I'm going to do it. No escape plan. I mean, just a, a willy-nilly going to just go do it and, you know, be done with it. And I don't even believe he shot the cop.
0: You don't believe that? He, wow. You don't think he shot Officer Tippett? No,
3: I don't believe it. I believe this is, he said it right in his own words. He was a patsy. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was involved.
0: Yeah, well you could be a passing still kill officer Tippett.
3: but I think they bought the rifle for him. And I'll say, well, we don't want to get him too good a rifle because he's supposed to have nothing. So they gave him the rifle, they gave him the you know, where's the rest of the ammo? Even if he did practice, where's the rest of the ammo?
1: Now, here's a question. Why would you buy a rifle through mail order in 1963, Dallas, when you can go to any Woolworths or Walmart or whatever, buy something right off the shelf without any record?
2: Yeah,
3: like extrasensory perception, because I had that written down too. Because you could have walked in any pawn shop. Yep. Right, but yeah, like you said, any. The rules was much different then about buying uh, firearms.
0: Oh yeah, there was no waiting period till after James well, Brady. Well, the was Kennedy shot. assassination
1: that put the rules that we have now.
3: Right. Well, some of them, but a lot
0: of it was James Brady too, the yeah. Brady Bill.
3: And that didn't start till 1968. Right. Where you needed a, actually a mask or a license, but you could back then in Texas or whatever, you could walk in the pawn shop. Like I said, you could have bought an old Springfield, which snipers used in World War Two with a scope on it. That's what they used. Yep why would you pick i mean i'm not an expert on this but that i I'd always got you know the certain points that you know i mean you just get a rifle you don't practice you take pictures of you have pictures of yourself with
0: it now i don't know that much about military history and uh, and about weaponry used in the military but i'm sure that you guys know more than i do what would have been the rifle that uh, oswald would have used when he was in the military the
3: o- uh, 03 springfield um, or the grand yeah he would Actually, he was using the Garand when he so was in service.
0: Then, and, and how hard would it have been to acquire one of those?
3: Walk in the pawn shop. Was, yeah. You know how many bringbacks there were? So I the, 63. I mean, tons of bringbacks.
0: So why wouldn't you go for the rifle that you were already used to and the one yeah. that you'd already been trained on? And and uh, 30 it's what yard
3: 6 yeah. So then, a caliber 30 yard 6
0: Instead, you're going to go with this gun that really nobody was buying. Nobody no,
3: bought no, these. It was only made one year, that Italian rifle, six shots. Six shot rifle, 6.5 times uh, by uh, 52, I believe, is the caliber.
0: Yep. And he bought it, if I remember correctly, he bought it under the Hedel alias, right? Right. So it was already a name that he had been known to use, too.
3: hmm
0: So, man. I mean, it
3: just, these things, you, see, you know, talk, like the same with the shot, the head, all this is, well, I'm trying to go back. Listen, I've shot all my life. <laughs> I've shot, you know. It doesn't, that doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. That was a headshot from the front. I agree. That was, there's no two ways about it. I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm not a person that goes, you know, oh, yeah, I'm a conspiracy nut. They call us the nuts because we question it. But uh, there's no way you're going to take a shot like that and your head's going to go the opposite. You know what I mean? It's going to go back. You get shot in the front of your head, you're, you're going to go back. You're not going to go forward.
1: Transfer kinetic energy yes
3: I mean he got and five point six seconds, two out of three shots with a scope that was loose two hundred and sixty five feet that's the hell they never were able to repeat it never were able to duplicate it so i I watched the special one time I think it was two hour special, which is' tons of specials, and the guy said well he he did it finally. It was all uh, uh, non-moving targets.
0: Right, yeah. The, the, I remember that one where they say, well, this is going to prove definitively. And Peter Jennings put one of those stories out, too. Right. I remember that Peter Jennings special. And, and Moniz, I don't think I have to tell you what Peter Jennings was into or allegedly into. Yep. And
3: it wasn't, I mean, uh, the target wasn't even moving. So With well, a bolt action, well, uh, two rifle, or well, one rifle, and you're getting two, out of, I mean... Two out of three, and you're going to get a headshot out of it, never. Never happened. I'm sorry, but it never happened. Maybe it was a rifle with a decent scope. But uh, you yourselves, if any of you's got, I'm sure you've ever gone shooting.
2: Every
3: feet is far. Yes. That's far, and the target is moving. You're nervous. I don't care who you are, you're nervous. And the only thing the, the, your guess was wrong on, it's very easy to shoot a gun. And plus, if you start shooting, sometimes you go overboard, you start missing everywhere because you're nervous.
0: Right. I think I think what Jimmy was trying to suggest is that it's very hard to, to hit be accurate, the moving right. target right. accurately yeah. during a time yeah. of that, yeah. you know, with that much pressure on yourself. Because let's face it, if you're Oswald and, and you are acting alone mm-hmm. and you are a, a, a lone nut that just wants to take out the president of the United States, mm-hmm. then you have to know that no matter what happens, you're probably done for after you pull that trigger. And there's very little chance that you're going to get away with this, no matter what crazy thoughts might be going in your head. That's in the back of your mind, well, and you've, you've got to make a count. Back well, that's true too. But,
3: be diversionary. but I'm
0: saying if you are just acting alone, yeah, no, I then anything. There's all that enormity of pressure to make that shot.
3: Yeah, I just anybody that, like I said, you guys understand guns, so you know, but they've let this go, and it's never going to be corrected. I mean, they've you know rid it off. And it's too bad and because that whole thing stems from there. I mean, there's other, tons of other stuff, but the rifle, that's the key. I mean, and of course, the bullet that was hardly damaged, a magic bullet, I've never saw that in my life, a bullet that wasn't damaged. Uh, but, uh, you know, they got, I mean, it just, it just, you know, gets you when you see somebody, though they've made up their mind already, yeah, it was one guy, never happened, never happened. And why didn't he shoot from the front? Why didn't
0: he shoot from the back of the target moving away from you? Right. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, the idea being that he had the perfect spot there uh, and, and he could have uh, easily have taken him out prior to making that turn.
1: It would have been a hell of a lot easier. I've seen the yeah. angles and the pictures. His motorcade approaching from the front would have been the perfect shot right when he turned the corner. Yeah. You would have had him right there, very close range. I,
0: I mean, if I had to, you know, just a stab in the dark, maybe there was somebody, maybe, maybe there was something that distracted him at that time. Maybe there was something going on that made him feel like he couldn't take the shot at that time. You know, uh, it, could, it could have been a variety of things. I also, there were birds up there too, which uh, might have played a part in that. So.
3: And how about the people that could, uh, confiscated their cameras, uh, movie camps, and stills? And they never got them back. Right. Why would you do that? Why would you? once just give it back?
0: Well, because you're going to use it in, in the investigation of what's going on. And, yeah,
3: you know what they did with that. I mean, well, I don't, especially the one to, uh, One that somebody had was of the grassy you knoll, the puffs of smoke.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I don't know how genuine that is, but still, I believe that's where it was from.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that seems to be a lot of people's theory. I think that there was definitely shots fired from elsewhere, uh, the grassy knoll being the pro- most probable location. Yeah. So, remember, one of the shots that
1: fired... Completely missed. Hit the curbstone. Yeah, the
3: curb. Mm-hmm. They took the curb away.
0: Yeah. Well, remember, they took the curb. Somebody actually got hit by curb shrapnel. Yeah, correct. You know, I think in the face. The curb.
2: Uh, yeah.
3: So I mean, why did they? I mean, why did they do that? There was only three shots. They could, accounted for the shots, but that was well oh, That was you know probably the one that he missed, and that went over there. I mean, two hit and uh, just. I mean, you shake your head. But it's never. We're never going to know.
0: Right, no, I do have to hold you there because we are uh, up against the end of the program.
3: Well, thanks for the conversation. I appreciate oh,
0: it. Thank you for the call. It was great great talking with you. Okay,
3: thanks, Tim. Have a good night.
0: You too. Happy Thanksgiving.
3: Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.
0: And uh, we of course uh, will continue to explore this topic each year at this time when it happens. Uh, it's just it's, it's, it's strange when you are actually, you know, when it's actually November 22nd and we're talking about this and it's, it's something that comes into everybody's minds uh, all the time this time of year. You know, I feel, I feel bad for our buddy Dave Schrader. It's birthday and, and every year this you know, this is the topic that everybody talks about but uh, it, it's something that we're going to continue to explore, we're not going to have answers probably ever but at least our next best chance to have answers isn't for a long time coming so we'll continue to explore the topic and examine some of the different theories we welcome you to contact us let us know what you think uh, the, you know, we just got a tweet here that said that this person agrees with the caller. Oswald would have had to use the gun he was used to. The headshot was from the front. Uh, that comes from Paul on Twitter. So you know, keep those thoughts coming in. You can keep hashtagging Spooky Live even when the show isn't live. If you want to react to some of the things that we talked about, you can also email us SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. That's the way to get a hold of us all week long during the course of the week. And we try to be as accessible as we can be. So emails, Twitter at spooky sc, uh, our personal emails. I'm at, at Tim Weisberg. Matt Cost is at, at Smoking Monkeys. Stephanie Burke is at at S. burke nine ten. Moniz, we're going to get you on it sooner or later. At least just okay. so people can get in touch with you uh, for stuff related to the show. You don't have to use it for anything but the show, but at least you can use it. And I think that once you find it, once you start using it, you're going to find out. Hey, wait a minute. This is actually pretty useful because it it can be a good tool if you're using it correctly uh, and if you're just going on there to attack television shows and, and say that you think that they should be cancelled uh, that they're terrible wastes of money but you keep hashtagging the name of the show that's fine too <laughs> it's, it's all uh, it all counts it all counts in the visibility But uh, thank- oh I promise I'll stop <laughs> Thank you to everybody out there uh, for all of your support. We appreciate it, and we love you guys, and we look forward to coming back next week and talking to you more. And and probably by then, that Lizzie Borden Legend Trips event will be sold out. So uh, jump on legendtrips.com and get those last couple of tickets. Uh, That is going to be the first... Legend Trips event of 2015, so you do not want to miss out, although we do have plenty of stuff planned for the rest of the year as well. Uh, next week we'll be back here. We'll be still full of Thanksgiving leftovers, but we will have a show for you. Uh, I don't Stephanie's coming back yet. I haven't uh, found out yet when the date is for that, but uh, the rest of us will be here, and we look forward to you joining us here as well. We'll talk more about the paranormal. That's what we do here on Spooky South Coast, on iTunes, on YouTube. There's all kinds of archives to check out during your holiday. We want you all to have a happy Thanksgiving, and for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, we want you all to stay spooktacular.